This is The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Joel Kovacs. Joel, how are we doing today? We are doing fine. I don't know about you, but we, we're fine. <laughs> we're we're the good. Royal we're good. We. Yeah, doing good. Uh, so today's today's kind of a big deal. We are rebooting the rest after a little bit of a, a hiatus. Um, going through the old episodes, uh, COVID really mm-hmm. did a number. That's true. Yes, we did the rest. It was a, a podcast we started before COVID, and then it took a break during COVID, and then relaunched it part of last year. And it's just uh, basically the nature of life and rhythms and calendars and stuff to do it every single week and the way that i did it was a little too much so we're we're trying a little different take same concept so uh i have a i have a question for you yeah um how are the Bengals doing this year the Bengals? yeah this year this year like in 2023 yeah as it they're yeah. not they're not <laughs> they're not doing they they did well last year but they're not doing well at all so that was a joke that we uh, <laughs> we talked about when we were talking about this first episode. I'm not really into sports, and Joel is uh, very into sports. So, you know, I I just prefer to to enjoy things that go fast. You yeah, know? you like cars and cars, motorcycles, motorcycles. boats. You know, anything that kind of gives you that adrenaline. So have you have you driven a Tesla? I have. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's you know, electric insanely motors. fast. Yeah, my brother, uh, he worked for Tesla for a while, and he took me in a ride in one of the original Roadsters. Those <laughs> things were crazy. It's a it's basically a, a little go kart. I mean, I was my buddy has one, and he let me drive it to this basketball tournament. Both our boys are playing, and. I mean, the thing has like a thousand horsepower. So, and it's instant. There's it, no lag yeah, it's just, in the power. It's nuts. So, do you prefer the like the engine, the sound, like the cylinders, and the the that be, you know as part of your love for speed, the feeling of driving a motor like that, or do you appreciate the like just the Tesla, the speed? Because so it's just I, sheer speed. Yeah, it doesn't even I, make noise. I appreciate both, but the feel of uh, like an eight-cylinder rumble in your chest. You like that? And yeah. It's, there's just something about it. The smell of the exhaust. Mm-hmm. They have like placebo noises and stuff, I think, for— They do. It, it's not quite— Not great. Know. Yeah, it's just not— Yeah, I, I would imagine some people don't like that. But the the sheer G-forces in, oh, a, in a Tesla, crazy. it's it's different than almost anything else yeah. probably on the road. Yeah, they, their their problem is keeping the wheels from just spinning. Yeah, you know, keeping them on the ground. That's basically what all their technology goes into. It's nuts, man. So we have to take a quick break, talk about the sponsor of this episode. Uh, Already. Today's sponsor is Slim Jims. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Joel, have you ever been in the middle of an intense workout and uh-huh. you just feel like— you need a, a stick of meat. I mean, there have been moments where I uh, am craving something salty, and I, the first thing that comes to mind is a Slim Jim. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're not that good, but uh, they're just they're just good to have on hand. So snap into a Slim Jim, <laughs> please, and tell us about it. 
So how we're setting up this podcast is I'm going to be the new host, Jared Jacobus. I am the digital director here at 514 Church. I handle everything from social media, helping with the live stream, doing the web presence, and uh, producing podcasts. So um, that's my role, and uh, we felt like it'd be a good time to to reboot this, to uh, get a few more things going, and I'm just, I'm excited to be able to do this with you. Yeah, and you uh, you guys have how many kids? We have three kids, uh, all boys. All boys. And they're they're all boy. Oh, boy. They are crazy. Crazy wild. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, every day I come home, I get to walk into kind of a war zone. A war zone. Yeah, and Rachel envies that I leave get to in leave. the morning and— Go to go away. Yeah, the real work begins at home. Yeah, uh, you know, mothers. I don't know how they do it. It's uh, it's probably one of the hardest jobs on the planet. Right, no doubt. So we just started a new series here at Five Fourteen Church called "Who Are You Wearing?" and uh, why did you feel it was important to do this series? Yeah, so I just spent the past six months um, at our church talking about the. The topics, the issues, um, the things that I spend most of my time talking with individuals about, like in my in my office, or those that are struggling through crisis, or um, uh, so you know, we talked about parenting. We always talk about parenting, so I did a series on that. We talked about counseling, and probably, I mean, almost everyone I meet with, I'm trying to help them find a counselor. So yeah. then. You know, I, I wanted to explain to our whole church the necessity and the the value of that. And then uh, we did a marriage series, which is, you know, again, one of those top two or three things that I'm talking with people who are either getting married or they are married and they're trying to figure something out or, or uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what it means to be married and be Christian. And then uh, they're in crisis. So we did that series. And along with one about encouragement at the beginning of the year. And so uh, basically those were kind of topics that really impacted, you know, parents, adults, married people, uh, people who are a little more mature in, in, in their stage of life. And I got a little bit of feedback from young adults about, you know, talk to us, what about us? And so this was a series that started off in my mind, in my heart about, okay, if I was going to sit down and talk to young adults and and I do have time where I sit and talk with, with young adults and what are the things that we talk about and what are what are the things I would want to Im- impart to, you know, whatever, a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old um, that's, uh, you know, trying to di- di- like figure out what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Like, how do I follow him? What's that all about? And how, how does that fit into the world that I live in at my age? And, um, and so throughout my years basically what I found is that not understanding what it means to be a Christian is a major problem when you're young and you say, I'm going to follow Christ and you don't make a connection between what it means to follow Christ and, and, and how that is um, saying Jesus is going to be my model for how I make decisions in my life, or I'm going to choose Jesus to craft my value system. And so, uh, because what you see is that there's this idea of following Jesus, but then when it comes to how we live, 
there's such a huge disparity. It's like there's faith in Christ, and faith in Christ means something that you feel or think, and it's 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 about what you believe God is going to do for you in the future when you die. That's what a lot of people, their faith, but Christianity is a different thing, and it has to do with, with uh, embodying. There's a bodily connection to faith, and so this series is, you know, who are you wearing is the idea that you are going to choose uh, or you're going to unintentionally choose a value system based on what. And I'm telling young adults that like, no matter where you're going in life, it's who you're wearing that you need to make a decision about. And that means that you're going to pattern your life after this individual. Yeah, and they're, they're always wearing. They're always someone. wearing. They're always wearing something. So we talk about the red carpet and who are you wearing? And, you know, it's like, and that that is an interesting question, especially when you're all dressed up because it's kind of like I, I planned on being here and I patterned what I'm wearing after this person or they did for me. And so it means something and they know who it is. And I think that, that uh, young adults should step out of their house, step out of college, step into, you know, the red carpet of their work and and know the answer who are you wearing you know know the answer to the question who are you wearing what what are who and what is determining your values how are you going to make decisions about all real life everyday things your money um how you're going to spend your time uh who you're going to maybe marry and spend the rest of your life with uh whether or not you're going to have kids I mean, just all of these things that people go well I'm a follower of Jesus but where but you know, there's like a disconnect between being a follower of Jesus and and how you make decisions. And so that that's the basic idea behind who are you wearing. And the other uh the other challenging thing about that is kids, when parents are raising kids, they oftentimes get to decide who their kids wear. Yeah. And there becomes a transition yes. where they move from parents kind of guiding that to it becoming their own decision. Yes. And it's it's easy for them to get caught up into just what their peers are doing, right? Uh, what media is showing them, uh, instead of being directly intentional about deciding. Yeah, it's, that's a great point. Like your parents, the way the way it should work is that your parents dress you when you're a little kid, literally. Yeah, and then, but eventually, you're supposed to dress yourself. So the same thing is true with your faith. Like parents are supposed to dress their kids and model for them their faith and develop a strong bond and relationship. And if it's done well, not perfectly, then, you know, at least a a kid is not going to go, I hate how my parents put my clothes on. I hate how they dressed me. I hate all that stuff. They're going to go like, okay, this was modeled for me. It was, I was given parameters and direction and vision and and discipline to go down a certain path. And so now that I've grown up, you know, I, I am going to maybe pick my own style, but I'm, but I'm still going to get dressed every day. And, um, and you need to have a point in your life where with your eyes wide open, you intentionally choose Jesus, not just because your parents put him on your back. You need to choose him. Yeah. And uh, so that's a great analogy. A lot of people don't ever stop and think like, okay, who who am I going to pattern my life after? And if you just let it be your parents, 
and it's not you, then when crisis comes or big decisions have to be made, you might just default back to whatever your parents told you to do. But then the way that goes might not be what you thought it would be. So you, why did I do that? Or it gets, it gets to a point of where you have to make a decision and you, you, you actually make your decisions based on an unrecognized or undefined set of principles that are maybe not Jesus. Yeah. And, and you never even, you know, you never made the difference. And then you're sitting, you're sitting there and, and someone's like, well, I thought that person was a Christian. Why are they doing that? Why are they taught? Why they talk like that? Why are they making those choices? Well, it's because maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe they just say that they place their faith in Jesus, but they never intentionally decided to pledge allegiance. Yeah, it's never really there to Jesus. And 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 even like when parents get their kids baptized and stuff, nothing wrong with that idea of walking alongside your kid to help them on their faith journey. But even what I'm getting into in this series is it's not just that you say you have faith in God, but what does it mean to say you have faith in God actually means you're choosing to model and pattern your life after him. That's what the gospel is, is inviting you into, not just a prayer that doesn't have anything to do with your values. Yeah. So when you give a talk, I'm sure there's uh, you have a, a moment or two um, of reflection of something you wish you added or mm. something you kind of tweaked a little bit differently. Did you have any of those for this last message? So one of the things you know about teaching and and preaching is the real challenge is what are you going to cut? Because yeah. when it's your role, you know, to constantly be building content and studying scripture and there's, it's like an, it's an infinite amount of content and ideas. And so I, I'm sure people think I could cut a lot more, <laughs> but there are always things that I, I miss. Um, let's see. One of the things that I, that I didn't really get a chance to talk about was I really wanted to hone in on, on this week one uh, that when we, when we have our purpose handed to us, we're mirroring the purpose of Christ. And this is something that we've been teaching for years at the church is, you know, what Jesus is calling you to is a, is a heavenly set of behaviors. And I hit on that. And I talk about like when the hard time or when crisis comes in my introduction, but like, I didn't get to really get into that. It's like, uh, that the idea here is to work hard and make this world that we live in heavenly. Like that's what that's what wearing Jesus looks like. Like I'm going to do what he did. I'm going to be a part of bringing heaven to earth and and that doesn't change when the night comes, when the storm breaks, when the sickness is there, when the heartache hits, like when when pleasure seems more important or valuable. I didn't I wanted to take people to the power of selecting Jesus to pattern your life after and having his purpose, how it drives you through the dark times, you know, like it actually, like there's great purpose when, when you're in a crisis, when you know, like I'm here to wear Jesus. Now he gives us an answer for how to behave in that because Jesus was in crisis. 
And so a lot of times crisis will come or darkness or whatever it is and, you know, despair, sickness, whatever it is. And that becomes this time where we're questioning whether or not we should continue to believe in Jesus. And that's a total misconception, uh, understanding of what the faith is. When crisis comes, it doesn't mean, well, maybe God doesn't love me. Well, maybe um, I did something wrong or whatever it could but when crisis comes, because you're choosing to pattern Jesus, that's part of what it means to pattern Jesus is to stay on mission and purpose in the midst of the crisis. So when the crisis shows up, it doesn't necessarily make it not painful, but it gives you clear direction as opposed to, wait a minute, faith in God, I thought it was supposed to make everything better and fixed overnight. And maybe I shouldn't put, maybe I should put my faith in something else. But what are you really saying when you're saying that? maybe I should do different things or maybe you're supposed to pattern Christ in the midst of your crisis. And when you do that, you can still have a like divine purpose on this planet. It's like, oh, that made that all clarified for me. I knew it would be a problem, but, or could be a problem. The Christian life has plenty, but even in the midst, I have great purpose in the yeah. suffering. So that's really good. Um, I heard John talk about this idea that um, there's a, a lot of people that grow up in church building the, you know, how the faith goes through the process of the youth. And then when they get out on their own, they stop that development. Yeah. And so they have like the faith of an 11 or 12 year old mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they don't pour into building that into the faith of, mm -hmm. of a mature adult. Right. And then when crisis comes. Yeah. The crisis challenges the faith of a twelve-year-old, right. not of someone who yes. has a this right. firm foundation. Exactly, and uh, that has a lot to do with what you talked about before. If you're just kind of flow, you know, on the coattails of your parents' faith, mm -hmm. but like if if faith just means it's something that you say you believe, but it doesn't it doesn't have to do with your intentional decision to pattern your life, then you will stop. Because what else is there? Yeah. I just need to know more things about who I believe in. That's a pretty like cognitive, just a belief that you think, a feeling that you might have from time to time. But it's not the same thing as saying, I'm going to continue to pursue the transformative realities of being in Christ so that I can embody him in the world which is a lifetime. Yeah. So it's, it's not personal. It's more than we can do. It's yeah. 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 So I, it, absolutely. It's like, well, I didn't, I didn't keep, I didn't, I, I never, I never got myself to the 11 year old because my parents did it for me. Yeah. So um, now that they're not, or I'm leaving, uh, I don't even know how to do this by myself. So when you're a young adult, you need to be told like, you have to decide. Like, it's your choice to decide who you're going to pattern your life after. And it has to become real to you so that you, it stays with your stage of life that you're in. A 25 year old needs to have a different level of conviction and purpose because the crisis is going to be stronger. But if you never made an intentional decision to pattern your life after Jesus, then when the 25 year old's crisis shows up, you're not even thinking about how your decision to follow Jesus is supposed to 
uh, affect the decisions made in that moment. Yeah, you know, it's not even sure. part of what you're thinking. Yeah, That's because you were never told that's what you should be crafting and doing in your faith. And so that's that's a huge reason why this series is so incredibly important. So in your uh, in your life, when you were younger, did you ever have any moments where who you were wearing at the time kind of hindered your relationship with Jesus? Yeah, yeah, because all the time, like you have, you know, certain uh, pop culture icons that you love and you just like, you're wearing them and you you can't really model your life completely after them. And, and then when you try to, you know, it's a breakdown and your heroes become villains in your mind for whatever yeah. comes out in the news or um, uh, friends. You know, when you're a little kid, like you try to, you like want to be like one of your friends and you yeah. try to, you basically like act like them. That's what you asked, right? Like yep, yep. when you, when you're, you're kind of putting on the wrong person yeah. to model. I mean, I remember being young and going to a kid's, like a friend's house for a sleepover. And then you like, you know what I mean? Like you come home and like what you saw them do, they yeah, try yeah. to like do it at home. Yeah. And your parents are just like, what is that? Like, you, you think you're going to go over there? I mean, the, the, like the big examples, like maybe your friend isn't, you know, kind to their parents or isn't, you know, uh, respectful in some way. They don't say thank you or they don't whatever. Then you come back and you start to do that. And the parents are like, what? Yeah. That is not how we are. Like, who'd you get that from? So we're already, we're, we're having a little bit of that with yeah. our, our seven-year-old. Yeah. And that's it. Who'd yeah. you get that from? Yeah. So that's why, you know, proximity and uh, intentionality with Jesus is so important because you're probably going to emulate and pattern your life after people you're proximate with, like your friends determine the quality and pattern of your life. Like, bad company corrupts good character. So, you know, all these things that the Bible talks about all the time, like about your behaviors, um, for some reason, there's a disconnect. Like you need to be around Jesus and around people who are who are trying to also pattern him so that they can become a pattern for you. Otherwise, like you're going to pattern your life after, you know, the patterns of the world and the things that are subpar. Yeah, so there's a saying that you become the average of the five the sum closest. of your yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, five closest people. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, who you're going to spend your time with is who you're going to, who you're. It's like the whole whatever. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What would you say a couple actionable steps are like if you could lay out a few things, two or three things that a young adult could do and take mm. and start um, deploying in their life to wear Jesus, mm -hmm. um, what would you advise them to do? You know, like, I would first tell them to do some inventory, evaluate, like self-evaluation yeah. about who they are wearing, you know? Yeah, that's good. Like, I would have them, like, write down who they want to be like and, and who they've maybe they've made decisions and maybe they've gone down this road to a certain extent and and they need to write down that they really do like I mean like how do you handle like the most everyday situation you know it's like if you're at a gas station and uh somebody's kind of rude to you or you're driving and someone cuts you off 
like that moment and how you respond to that is is going to reflect who you're who you have purposely chosen to pattern your life after or unintentionally yeah so it's like if you just get mad and flip them the bird because like you watch dad do that and like or dad like if someone comes at someone and they you know whatever in and you respond the way they did you you watch them i would i would want to like first and foremost like acknowledge the power and the reality of that in your life who do i try to be like yeah who am i trying to be like and how is that reflected not in my decision that i think but my behaviors so m- look and evaluate your behaviors and who did those behaviors come from and then i would tell people like to back up and not just say i'm christian until you have decided to pledge this kind of allegiance to Jesus as as your savior master and picture of how to walk through the world and if you haven't articulated it that way i would go back read about jesus i would take time read through the gospels yeah that would be the second thing i would do even if you're like no i am pa- i do want to pattern my life after jesus i do want to be like him I want to model him, learn from him, and act like him. I would not allow there to be a huge disparity between what that means and what it looks like when Jesus was here and what the gospels show us about his life. And so I would read through the gospels one time thinking, okay, that's how I'm supposed to be. And when Jesus teaches how the kingdom of God is supposed to be and how it manifests in a Christian's life sermon on the Mount. I would look at it through the lens of, am I behaving that way? Yeah. So that would be the second thing I would tell them to do. Another thing I would tell them to do is to go to someone that they really trust. And I guess like genuinely ask them for some feedback. Oh, that's really good. You know, like, do you think, that I, you know, am I like Jesus to you? Have I ever been like that? And uh, listen. Yeah, a quick point on that. Um, when when you do personality assessments, mm-hmm. you you tend to fill it out as you ideally want to be, not yeah. how you actually are. Yes. So uh, doing your own assessment or evaluation it could be tainted you know yeah. that's that's really wise go, go to ask somebody ask them. Mm-hmm. and then it's like another thing i would add to is as you're looking at at the life of christ and you're asking yourself am i am i embodying this am i trying to to is that the decision that i've made and, and is it happening in my life i would look at some scenarios that jesus talks about you know he talks about prayer he talks about doing it privately if you're kind of doing it for the wrong reasons you know he talks about loving children he talks about caring for the sick and and of course the new testament does and i would ask yourself if those things that are like out of sight they're like ministry realities where you might love someone in in private and you might have a prayer life and you might um you know you might um minister to somebody and and they don't know about it 
I would ask if there's anything like that in your life. Yeah. And if there's not, it's like, you know, that's one of those ma massive things about pattering your life after Jesus. Are, are you doing that? Are you visiting with the sick? Yeah, that's really good. All right, so we're uh, we're getting towards the end of yep. this episode. Um, I'm going to do some some hot takes. All do right, I want to read off some some this or that's. Do and it. And you just give me you give me your your you know your go to. Yeah. All right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, little Debbie, your hostess. Aren't they? It's those are different companies. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I love the cream pie, so I, oh, okay. I immediately go to the little Debbie. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you get the bigger box of those, you know, they're bigger and like more. Well, you cream can in. get, oh, dude, I know. You can get the family size and there's bigger cream pies. Yeah. Like the yeah. big ones. You got you to gotta go that route. That's the route I go. Yep. I love them. Uh, sunroof opened or closed? Closed. Uh, all the time? I mean, yes. Yeah. I'm the same way. My wife loves an open sunroof. Yeah. And it's, you know. It's one of those things that you're either like all for it or all against it. I, you know, I, I want to control the temperature. Yeah. I want to control the noise. I want to, I don't, I don't like how overstimulated I feel in the car. Yeah, if, it's too if much. it's open, you know, I would, I don't want to drive around a convertible. Yeah. The sun, the Just, heat. Mm -mm. Five guys are in and out. In and out. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wish we had some of those around I here. Know. I've only had it once. Mm -hmm. I think they're as far I, as I like. I remember it being. Crazy good. Yeah, I think they're as far as like uh, uh, Dallas, maybe. Yeah, Texas area. Texas. Still still a bit of a drive for a I mean, it's a little novelty because I've only had it like three or four times. But like, it feels like it's still, in terms of that genre of yeah, burger, it's the it's best one. There, man. Yeah. The ocean or the lake? <sighs> a lake. Well, I'll put it this way. A lake 90% of the time. Yeah, I'm the same way. The There's way only it, so many things you can do yeah, in the ocean. You yeah, know? It, I'm totally freaked out about the ocean. and Yeah, there's some big know, things out there. Ominous. I don't mind a, a beach. I don't mind a sunset. I don't mind that. But if I had to pick one, just bobbing yep. in a lake on one I of know. those like diaper things. Yeah. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> That's what Give it's me all that about. all day, you That's know. Right, yeah. And then you watch the uh, the sunset come yep. through the trees. It's yep. so peaceful. It's the best. A bath or a shower? Shower. Every time. Every no time. baths. A bath once or twice a year. Yeah. If I'm not for I'm not whatever reason. Either. I don't even know why. Probably when I'm not feeling well. Yeah. And I just like barely want to move. But I I get annoyed uh having to take a shower. Oh, yeah. I guess I it's like that. a, you know, I mean, it's fine when I don't have a lot going on and, you know, you want to like after a hard day of work or being outside or whatever, it feels great. But like when I like am getting up in the morning and I got to like do a shower, I'm just like, can we just do this way faster? Like, you know, it just takes forever to. Anyway. I feel that way about a shower and also about eating, you know, I just, eating, I want to yeah. get it over with. I, I would say that, that two meals a day it are that way i'm like can we just like and i'll do most of that on the fly yeah it's like just eat on the fly grab something whatever but then like you know for dinner i don't mind sitting down but most of the time i'm just like do we you know like let's just eat and go yeah, yeah. grab and go yeah 
All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. Joel, do you have anything you want to add? Nothing. I'm just um, excited to get this thing going. Hopefully, we're going to do this every single week. And um, hopefully, it's really, really helpful. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Thanks for listening. Make sure you join us next week as we cover part two of Who Are You Wearing? This has been The Rest.